Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Everything Jesus podcast. I'm Dr. Billy Birch, and this is my wife, Kim. Hi, everybody. And we are in episode number 25. As we said before, we're going to be talking about Jesus' healing of the blind man, an amazing story. Yeah, yeah. And as I was getting ready to study this and read it, I was sort of thinking... You know, it would be so commonly agreed in culture that you would rather lose any sense other than your sight. You that know? is and, so true. And we're going to be looking at this man who's lost his sight. Why do you feel like sight is such an important sense? Yeah, I, th- I think, to be honest with you, our eyes give us this sense of, if I could even call it this, undoubtability. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, if you see something, you don't doubt it. That's true. You know? Yeah. Sometimes we can hear things. And doubt, what was that? Okay. We don't quite know, you know? Right. But when we don't see something, it's like, I don't know if I can believe that. Ah, okay. You know? So it tells us what's true about the it, world. That's that's what it happens to me. Okay, I know? can validate and, what yeah. I think based on what I see, yeah. And even just like a, a sense of security, we get a sense of security of being able to see, you know, if we wake up at night and it's pitch black in the room, yeah. you know, we immediately want to turn the light on to see what's going on. You know, it gives so us true. that sense of security and, and even the you know, the added bonus of when I'm talking to someone, I can see what their nonverbals are. I can gain more information. We're all the time gaining so much information through our vision. And here we will look at a man who has been without vision from his birth. And just like all of the miracles that Jesus does, this sign points to a greater reality that we're going to sort of try to mine out of it. It sure does. And so we're in John chapter Mm 9, starting in verse 1, and it says, As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned by us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I'm here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, Go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. His neighbors and others who knew him as the blind beggar asked each other, Isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, No, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, Yes, I am the same one. They asked, Who healed you? What happened? He told them. The man they called Jesus made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed, and now I can see. Where is he now, they asked. I I don't know, he replied. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. Yes. That's the incident. I mean, that sets the scene for, for what had happened. Jesus was merely walking along and saw a man who'd been blind from birth, and it prompted the disciples who, uh, it was a common belief back then that anything bad that happened to you, any illness, disease, had what was a result of the sin. Okay. It either was the sin of that person or the sin of the parents or even grandparents. Mm. And so there was... There was obvious to the disciples, there had to be sin here. Mm. And so they're just asking a question like, hey, obvious that there's sin, whose sin was it? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, yeah. And we do the same thing, don't we? I mean, oh, when yeah. we see pain in the world, 
we say, why, Lord? Mm-hmm. Why is this pain here? And and our minds are looking for some type of a cause and effect yeah. correlation. Yeah. You know, of course, we're we're trying to understand that so that we don't end up with the same kind of pain. You know, and and much of the pain is a cause and effect. In- a correlation, but much of it is not. And yeah. Jesus is going to turn it upside down. He's going to take this belief. And honestly, I get caught up in a belief like that sometimes. Something bad's happened to me, and I'm like, okay, what did I do right. to, to deserve this sure. or something like that? And you sometimes know? it's not bad to self-examine. That's you know? right. You know, so I'm thinking there are some biblical you know, precedence for both lines of thinking. You know, we've got the story of Job in the yeah, Old Testament, yeah. an entire book of the Bible yeah. that shows us a man who was blameless and upright, yet he suffered. Yeah. Okay. So his suffering had nothing to do with sin. He was a blameless man. He was living a really great, honest um, life That's of right. integrity. Then, you know, we've got other examples, like I was thinking of um, in Daniel chapter four, King Nebuchadnezzar um, is there's a prophecy that comes and says, King Nebuchadnezzar, you better get your act together. You're really un, un, you know, displeasing to the mm-hmm. Lord. He continues in his wickedness, and 12 months later, he's judged. You know, So there is a, it's written right out there in Daniel chapter 4, there's a correlation between yeah. his sin and this judgment, this pain and suffering that comes into his life. So sometimes, like in Job, it's unrelated to our own sin. Yep. Other times it is related to our own sin. Yep. And then sometimes what we go through is just because the world is broken. Yeah. And I'm going to experience the the fallout of a right. broken world. And right there is where Jesus meets us. And I think that us experiencing the fallout of a broken world, Jesus meets us right there and mm-hmm. can take what is so bad and so broken, restore, redeem, heal, do something great, because he said... Neither mm-hmm. when they asked. It didn't happen because of sin. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Mm. And that was Jesus' answer. I love that was that. his response. That's right. And, yeah. and you know, it, that's you mentioned Job, but I also would like to mention Joseph. Ah, yeah. Who was thrown in prison for years upon years and forgotten about. Okay, so this is the Joseph of the the Old Testament. I'm sorry. Uh Yeah, Yeah, way back in Genesis. Genesis chapter 50, Joseph says, Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good, Mm. which is an amazing truth. And Romans 8.28 even says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Mm. I mean, it's taking the bad and turning it into something good. Sometimes God allows the negative circumstances to accomplish something positive. Mm. You know, That's he, really comforting to know that God's sovereignty is over our suffering. It, you know, it, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, that verse that we're kind of camped on here, um, this happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. The message version says this, you're asking the wrong question, looking for someone to blame. There's no such cause and effect here. Hmm. Look instead for what God can do. Yeah. Hmm. And that's awesome. And it's almost like God takes these negative circumstances in our lives, does it for everybody listening? Mm-hmm. Uh, those of you listening out here, does it for you too? Mm-hmm. It's our good and it's his glory. Mm. So he does something for us that is good for us, but he then gets the glory for that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, just such a good thing. And the rest of the story is going to show that this man is trying to give 
God glory, you yes, know? Yes, yes. We're going to see God's work displayed in his life, and we're going to get a real good spiritual truth out of this, too. And it's interesting that, that Jesus went through a process of healing, because Jesus can mm. heal, create, do whatever he wants, even with the spoken word. Sure. You know, he doesn't have to touch, he doesn't have to do anything. But this time, Jesus decided to go into the mud, spit in the mud, make a kind of a paste, put it over the man's eyes, and it was just a very, very interesting thing, right. you know? And he, he, I think it shows that you combine, it's all the divine work, okay? Mm-hmm. It's all his power, but you combine something about us. Mm-hmm. And it's, this happened several times in this story where it's his spit, so he imparted kind of like divine DNA <laughs> to human defect, oh. and all of a sudden you have a supernatural result. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so Jesus is... is doing all this and he's he's putting this on and then he tells the man now you have to take a step of faith yes i I think that's an amazing thing that Mm -hmm. he tells him not just now you're healed he's like now you've got mud all over your eyes i made this this paste that now you have to go wash off Mm. it just makes you wonder what that was you know why did the man need to do a part of it you know was it because he would be seen through the neighborhood Maybe walking through the neighborhood with us on his face and attract attention. Maybe that would be part Uh, of it. It's possible, but I know for sure that, that this pool of Siloam was known to be a pool of healing. Mm -hmm. And so, um, whether it was superstition or whether it really happened, it just, this is what people believed, you know? And so he walked there and I think Jesus was saying, you must take a step of faith in this. You must exercise your faith. I'm going to do the miracle. I'm going to do the supernatural. But you are required to take a step of faith. Mm. And that's all he was telling this okay. man. And, and I think for good reason. So there, the principle there is Jesus does the heavy lifting, but there is a part yeah. for us to take that we respond. Yeah. And I wonder as he went to that water, didn't you, don't you think, all right, I'm going to do this because Jesus asked me to do this. This yeah. is all strange. He put mud on my eyes, told me to go wash off, and then maybe I will see. Mm. And I bet as he started putting his hands in that water and mm. taking the cold water and putting it on his face and getting all of it washed away, I just wonder what he was thinking. Mm. But this was mm. a step of faith because mm-hmm. our steps of faith often kind of mimic that. Okay. Where we're like, I don't know why God is calling me to this. I don't know why I'm doing this, but I, I feel very certain that God wants me to do this or God wants me to obey something Mm -hmm. and I don't feel like obeying or, you know, something like that. And we're just walking in faith, walking in faith, walking in faith. And sometimes that's what it is, even when it seems strange Mm -hmm. and it seems strange. And all of a sudden he began to see. Right. Okay. So, and it has attracted attention as he's probably walked to wash this off. Now on his way back, he's attracting attention again. In verse eight, it talks about his neighbors and others who knew him asked each other, isn't this a man who used to sit and beg? So people are noticing something has gone on and they're trying to make sense of it. And we always do that. We're always trying to make sense of when something has dramatically changed, we want to know what has gone on there. and, And you know what's funny? They were even doubting if that was the same person. Yes. That, that's what's funny to me. They've seen this, this man begging every day, and, and uh, they're saying, I don't know if that's even him. No, nah, it just looks like him. And, and this man's like, yes, I am. I've been the one that's right. been lying. Are you kidding me? Right. He doesn't shy away from the attention that he's attracted. Yeah. He uses, his, uh, uses it as an opportunity to really um, 
you know, try to give some explanation of it. Yeah. And so, you know, he tells them it's incredulous to them. And so they didn't know what else to do except, uh, you know, he's giving glory to Jesus. Okay, he's saying, this man, Jesus, healed me. That's all I'm going to tell you. And then they're like, okay. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees. They were the ones that judged. Okay. They were the ones that determined, was this from God? Was this not from God? What is going on? And they, they tried to see the signs, and they would try and determine what was going on and read the Torah and apply. And they were the ones that would be able to answer this question. Mm. You know? So the neighbors are maybe thinking, we don't know enough to make sense out of That's what right. has happened here. Let's go to the experts. Right. Let's listen to them kind of um, impart their wisdom on this. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them, he put the mud over my eyes and when I washed it away, I could see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man, Jesus, is not from God, for he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, but how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, what's your opinion about this man who healed you? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. <laughs> the Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see, so they called in his parents. They asked them, is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? His parents replied, we know this is our son and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He is old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said, he is old enough. Ask him. So again, Jesus is, you know, has performed this miracle, mm -hmm. and now he's put in the spotlight again. But it is this blind man who was once blind and now healed, kind of on the on trial. On trial. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I meant to say. I'm, I'm thinking of a modern courtroom and this man sitting in that little wooden box yes. next to the judge. That's what I that's what I feel like was happening. Yeah. So you've got these two scenes here. At first, they're interrogating the man and then they turn and say, let's interrogate the parents. Yeah. Yeah. And so the man, when he was asked, he said, the best I can come up with is this man who healed me must have been a prophet. What do the parents come up with? They're asked a couple questions, and they're willing to answer two out of the three questions here, but yeah. they kind of pass the buck when it gets and, a little too... And it was the easy questions. Of there course he go. was bored. I mean, we gave birth to him. He was blind, and we raised him. He was blind, and now he can see... Um, we don't know who healed him, and they were afraid. It says later yeah. on that they were afraid. They don't want to get kicked out of the synagogue. This Being part of the synagogue meant you were part of the community. Oh. Being ostracized from the synagogue meant you were ostracized from your whole community. Hmm. And you even were shunned and looked, looked upon in a negative light, even as you walked around and did your farming or carpentry or whatever hmm. trade you had. But it was... It was a very big deal. It wasn't just like, oh, I'll go find another synagogue. You know, we can get kicked out of a church. It doesn't happen often. And go find another church. Mm -hmm. No big deal. Make new friends. That was not the way it was back mm. then. You were kicked out of community. Mm. So that's what was driving the fear of these parents. We don't want to get kicked out of all of our friends, all of our religion, and even get kicked out of how do we relate to God? Mm -hmm. This is my time of growth to God when we go to the synagogue. So they're getting kicked out of their religious, their social, their, you know, the communal aspect of it. And so it 
brought on a lot of fear. Okay. Let's put it that way. Well, and you know that's good for us to realize their their status and reputation were more important to them mm-hmm. than really exploring who Jesus was. Yeah, that's true. You know, they wanted to stay where it was comfortable, where they weren't going to have to sacrifice anything, to yeah. step out on a limb and align themselves with Jesus. But, but I kind of like the way they said, "Hey, he's old enough. Ask him." Well, why do we? Why are you asking us? This is a grown man. You yeah. know what I mean? And so it goes on, and it says, "So for the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man Jesus is a sinner.'" I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind, and now I can see. But what did he do, they asked. How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed. I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become one of his disciples too? Then they cursed him and said, You are his disciple, but we are the disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Why, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from? We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. You were born a total sinner, they answered. You are trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. So it happened. You know, the thing that the parents feared happened to their child. Okay, yeah. And and that must have been very difficult for the parents. But now they're seeing this the, their son who can see now. What, what was that to the parents, you know? Mm-hmm. But he has just gotten kicked out of synagogue. But good for this man. Yeah. I mean, he was standing up being bold. He's like, I don't even get this, that this man came along and healed me, named Jesus, and they can see this for themselves. And that's why he started getting a little snippy with the Pharisees right. because he's like... I don't understand why you guys aren't seeing this. Mm -hmm, You mm -hmm. guys must be blind, you know, whatever, you know? Yeah, and this, you know, it was thrown out over and over. This person's a sinner. That person's a sinner. You're a sinner. You're a sinner, you know? And they're accusing Jesus of being a sinner right here in verse 24. They said, God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. They were taking issue with the fact that he had healed the blind man on the Sabbath day. They, yeah, they, yeah. Now, they had taken God's law and added all these rules on top of it. These Pharisees had done this, added all these rules. Jesus was not going to abide by the Pharisees' rules. He would adhere to the Old Testament laws, but he was not going to succumb to all these layers of um, rigidness that the Pharisees had put yeah, into place. that's so true. So Jesus is like, if there is good for me to do on the Sabbath, yeah. I'm going to make me some mud and do some good <laughs> here. Right. You know, that's But right. the Pharisees couldn't handle that. Yeah, they accused so him of being a sinner. It was making me think of... Um, in John chapter three, you know, this they would have struggled with understanding if he was obeying the law or not, these Pharisees. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and there was no sin in him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Pharisees could not accept that he was doing something outside of their paradigm of how you should behave. Yeah, they sure couldn't. And they they made that very clear. Mm-hmm. They, this cannot be a healing from God. I, I always I kind of wonder about that. Why, why did they jump to that right away? Why did they dismiss 100% this cannot be from God? 
partly because they've seen Jesus before, and Jesus was now a figure that I think people debated. Okay. It was it was kind of interesting how this became a little bit volatile when people would bring up Jesus, talk about Jesus, who was Jesus. Hey, man, he's doing all these miracles, and the Pharisees are like, we don't even think that he should be doing these things and can or whatever. It, it became somewhat of a controversy. Yeah, and Jesus didn't try to be part of their group. He never tried yeah. to fit in with the Pharisees. He had come to do things a different way. Yeah, that's so right. And, you know, even when the man was saying, he healed my eyes and yet you don't know where he comes from mm. and began to give them a history lesson, you know, from the beginning of the world. Has anybody ever, you know, given sight to a blind man who's been born blind? And um, if he weren't, he, here was the, the, the climax of his argument, the blind man. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. Mm. Right. He puts before them a truth that they will have to contend with. Yeah. This was done. It could only be done by God. And it happened. What does that tell us about Jesus? That's that's exactly right. And, you know, you feel for the blind man. Mm. Here here he was so happy. He was probably overjoyed. I can't believe it. I can see. And people asking questions and even the crowd asking him questions. I don't think they were necessarily like... No, this, you know, but he was just like, yeah, look at me. Look, I'm not even kidding. It's me. It's me. Goes to the Pharisees in a whole different story. Yeah. You know, they didn't want to see it. They did not. In the next verse, verse 34, they say to him, you were born a total sinner. Yeah. They're calling the blind man a sinner and not realizing they themselves are sinners too. We are all in that place of sin, the human condition. We are born it, with a sinful tendency, That's a sin right. nature, we That's call right. it. You and, know, so the Pharisees were pointing to him and yep. not also pointing to themselves. And I, that's a great point. I mean, we're all born with this blindness called mm-hmm. sin. Mm-hmm. And if we don't realize it, don't admit it, it gets us into all kinds of problems, yeah. all kinds of trouble, it, you know, because we feel like we don't need a savior. Yes, you know? yes. You know, I think two significant things have to happen for anyone to come to Christ. We have to see who we are yeah, and we have true. to see who Jesus is. True. You know, and the Pharisees were unwilling to see who they were. They were not realizing that they were Great sinners point. and they refused to see Jesus would Man, offer them something they needed. That was a double hit. You know, know. They, they were they, missing it on two counts, but I think it's possible to miss it on even one count. If I see Jesus offer salvation, but I don't see myself in need of that, I don't see point. that I am that's a, a sinner. Then it's it's nice that he offers to salvation to some people who apparently need it. I don't need it, you know. Yeah. So you can opt out if you think you are not a sinner. Yeah. Or you can opt out if you look at him and say, I don't know that he's the solution. That's I know I've got right. a problem. I'm not That's sure he's right. my solution. Man. So we have to see both. We have That's to see point. who Christ is and who we are. You know, and that's really what we're trying to do with this podcast, that, help people to see right. who Jesus I, is I think and who we are. I think that's a really, really good point, because if we can walk away from any one of these episodes by saying, I know who I am now a little better, mm-hmm. and I know who Jesus is a little better, and merge the two, we're, we're in a good place. Yeah. You know, and I also find it very interesting that this man, um, you know, was ridiculed. He was ridiculed. This was ridicule. Okay, mm. this was either ridicule, it was judgmentalism, whatever you want to call it. But um, when we talk about a generic God, we're pretty safe. Mm. I mean, we can talk about God, even us, you and me, we can go out into the public and we can talk about God in general. Some, you know, ever since 
you know, you hear the word in the, in the whole 1900s, we kept hearing higher power. Sure. You know, and you talk about God generally, pretty safe. You talk about God specifically in the person of Jesus, you're going to invite ridicule. You're going to invite skepticism. You're going to invite even judgment, you know? Okay, yeah. So these people had glimpsed who Jesus was, and they refused to accept it. Yeah, you know? that's right. And I, I had jotted right here on in my journal um, the various things that the Pharisees called Jesus in this passage of Scripture. They call him a Sabbath breaker, yep. not from God, not the Messiah, a sinner, and not in line with Moses' teachings. Yeah. So they, they are, in every way they can, pushing him away. Yes, you right. Know? And that's our tendency. We tend to push yeah. Jesus away and keep him at arm's length. That's right. Should we go to the next section? Yeah, you know, this, uh, but before we do, he was thrown out of the synagogue. Don't forget how okay. significant that mm. was. But this next section, go ahead. Okay, okay. So starting here in verse 35, when Jesus heard what had happened... He found the man and asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, Who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshipped Jesus. Hmm. Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby asked him, Are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. Man, that's, I think in a lot of levels, that's very deep. This is a very deep, emotional little passage, but I think then Jesus goes at the very end, what you just read, and it's, it's, it's extremely challenging and deep and convicting, hopefully, to the Pharisees. But the, here's, what, here's what's going on. This man is now alone, hmm. and Jesus seeks him out, tracks him down okay. so he can have some more conversation with him. Yeah. And he asks him some pointed questions. You know, do you believe in the Son of Man? And this man was so ripe for, for, for harvest, if mm -hmm. you will, that he says, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. And Jesus tells him, I am he, you know, mm -hmm. by saying, I am speaking to you. I'm the one. I'm the son of man. I'm the son of God. I am your savior. And I think that he showed up at the time that he needed him. And everybody who is faithful to Jesus, Jesus is going to meet them, especially when they are doing his work, yeah. proclaiming his name. Jesus is going to come and comfort them at the point of ridicule, at the point of, of persecution. Mm -hmm. Jesus will show up. He will track us down and give us the comfort that we need. He He'll do that us. to everybody. He meets us in our he obedience. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so the man had had one significant problem solved, then had another significant problem of getting thrown out of the synagogue. And yeah. Jesus shows, I'm going to meet you here. That's right. And you're going to know who I am. That's you know? right. So there, there's been throughout the story, like a progressive revelation to the man of who yeah, Jesus is. That is so true. And so I got a list here also of progression, revel progressive revelation for the blind man. Um, first, they said, they call the man, Je he said, they call the man Jesus, yeah. must be a prophet. Yeah. He's a healer, a disciple maker. He's from God. Hmm. He's the son of man. And then he ends in verse 38 saying, Lord, I believe. 
That is so true. And That's he a worships. Great he worships Jesus at that point. So mm-hmm. he has gone from a curious, kind of distant understanding of who this man is to just a really personal understanding. You yeah. know, he's seen with his eyes and with his spirit who Jesus really is. That continues to happen even today. Mm-hmm. Now, what I find very interesting is that that when Jesus wants to get somebody's attention and, and bring them more revelation and more revelation, sometimes it's over a week or sometimes it's over a month or years, but Jesus is always showing more of himself and always asking that question, do you believe? Mm. And always waiting for everybody to get to that point was, I want to believe. And then Jesus says, I am here. In this episode right here, in this this story of this blind man, it all happened at once. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, it's just like that whole progression happened at one time, gets to the place where he says, yes, Lord, I believe. Mm. And then Jesus has a little bit to say after that. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, he wanted to give sight to the blind. And remember, in, in the very beginning of this episode, you... Um, you had said that all the time that these miracles are signs. Mm -hmm. So they show something deeper spiritually that's going on. And the deeper spiritual thing is we all are born blind in our sin and he comes and helps us to see by removing that sin. Yes. You know? Yeah. This man, you know, the section title in my scripture here says, Jesus heals a man born blind. We fall into that category. We are born spiritually blind. We are born unable to see the truth and unable to have any idea how to solve our problem, our sin problem. And Jesus is revealing himself here. So in that verse that we looked at early on, we see that it has come true. The work of God has been displayed through this man's life. God's overall work across time and in creation is displayed in this one little scene that he wants to take we who are blind and open our eyes to yeah. see the truth of who he is. And, and you know, he, he said that to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind. And some Pharisees heard that. Jesus says things and the Pharisees are listening. He doesn't care. Jesus is just going to say it, you know. And all those Pharisees are like, are you saying we're blind? Mm. And then Jesus, instead of kind of giving a cryptic answer, he, he basically says, you're darn right I do, you know. <laughs> If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. Okay. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So we fall into one of these two categories. When we encounter Jesus, either we're willing to see ourselves for who we are yeah. and to see him for who he is, yes. or we can be like the Pharisees who say, I don't really have a need for you, and I don't like what you're offering anyways. Yeah. I'm opting out. That's you know, right. There. There's a decision to be made. The Pharisees decided one way. The blind man decided yeah. another way. And yeah. you, the listener, as you are fixing your eyes on Jesus, as we listen to this, you have to choose one or the other. That's right. And that's 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 the main takeaway of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think a secondary takeaway is that, you know, when we are in our most lonely place, when we are in a place where we don't think anybody is listening to it, anybody's around and we're like, we don't know what to do. We just got kicked out of the synagogue, whatever. Yeah. Jesus meets us, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I know that he met him face to face, but Jesus comes to us and draws near in very unique and special ways. And he'll do that for you too. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, next week kind of follows up on this. I think it's very interesting that Jesus was calling out the Pharisees hmm. and then next episode, you know, the next podcast, we see that Jesus then 
kind of makes a comparison between a good shepherd and a thief. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? He's following up on this Pharisees that just aren't, you're not getting it. You're causing more harm than good. And we're going to dive into what the good shepherd, who the good shepherd is next episode. Okay. Sounds good. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you for this scene that we got to look at, this historical account of this miracle. We thank you for what we have witnessed unfolding here in this man's life, that he was blind and Jesus came, gave him sight, and gave him the ability then to worship Jesus. I pray for our listeners. I pray that with this choice laid out before them, that they would see themselves as they are. They would see Jesus for who he is and place their faith in him for salvation. In your name we pray, amen. Amen.